everyone. In post-production, we decided to split this podcast up into two pieces because it was just too long. Here's part two, which is going to directly start up exactly where part one left off. You know what? I'll uh, jump in with uh, Gal and Dino, which unfortunately did not finish uh, due to the pandemic. Oh, dear. But there were seven episodes released, so I am hopeful that someday they'll release the rest, uh, which I guess probably gives you a sense of whether or not I enjoyed it. I did. So it's another show from uh, Pop Team Epic Guy. Uh, I have not seen Pop Team Epic, but this really makes me want to go watch it. Uh, It's a very odd format that mixes anime, live action, and multiple forms of stop motion, each in their own segments that only sort of have anything to do with each other. Uh, Like, the first half of the episode is like animation that has a continuous plot, and the rest is all these other things that just sort of almost like a variety show. Or like little vignettes type things. Uh, And it's, I don't know, it's really, it's cute and it's fun. It's a good example of how to do a lot with a little if you just write it in an engaging way. Like the live action segments, which form the last five to ten minutes of each episode, are like very sparse on any kind of details. But like they give you just enough that you're totally hooked. At least I was. Uh, And also, you know what, really good ending theme with like felt stop motion animation, which just looks cool. Uh, I honestly don't really have anything to say against it. I just kind of wish it had finished. Hmm. Uh, oh, and I guess I didn't mention like the premise at the end of my thing here is uh, there's a like a Gyaru who's living in an apartment and randomly there's a dinosaur there one day, like a cute rounded, like, you know, dinosaur, not a real one. Uh, which which does cause confusion. They're like looking up dinosaur books. They're like, which dinosaur is this? Uh, and he just kind of hangs out and like the girl just kind of is fine with it. Like doesn't let anything really affect her in her life, including this. And so they just kind of get along. And that's it. Does that's the dino the speak or is it just like an animal? It is actually like, it's intelligent, but it can't speak. Ah. Uh, so it like gestures and has really expressive facial animations, which are fun to watch. Uh, in the live action sequences, it makes sound effects instead of like speaking. So it has lightsaber noises whenever it waves its arm excitedly, and it whenever it's really excited or happy about something, rap air horns. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and like <laughs> okay. just amazing. Oh, that's so, delightful. Man, it sounds fun and adorable, it's, and it's it delivers fun. exactly what it said it would: a gal and a dino. That is it. Like, <laughs> beautiful. So. Please finish this show, Japan. I hope uh, you guys recover and and finish it up. That would be awesome. All right. What do you guys got? Oh, I got me some Tower of God. Let's do it. Oh, boy. I have a lot to say about Tower of God. This friggin' show. I know. This friggin' show. Um... All right, so the premise of Tower of God is is quite simple, unlike everything that's going to follow that I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> there's there's a tower, and if you climb it, legend has it, that you will attain all that you seek at the top of the tower. And so there's a boy named... Now, Dan, I have, do you want to go with Bam or do you want to go with Yoru? Uh, yeah. pronouncing this. I'm going to go with Yoru, too bad. Sure, go for it, because frankly, I couldn't be bothered to care about him. Okay, so Yoru... Um, is, is, I guess, in love with, with this girl named Rachel, who climbs, you know, Rachel goes, disappears to climb the tower to see the stars. Uh, Yoru follows her because he wants, you know, he really needs only her. And so they both are ascending to the top of the tower and 
that's the premise. Uh, and you, you are taken through the rings of the tower and all the tests that go along with it. And you meet a cast of characters who are also going up the tower. Oh, boy. So... I, I got into this one. A really good friend of mine had mentioned that it's, um, you know, it's long running, super popular manhwa. And to me, it was intriguing to explore something that wasn't a light novel, a manga, or just, you know, someone in Japan's original idea. Uh, it, was, it was cool that they were adapting something like that. Um, uh, I guess we'll start getting the, the artistic stuff out of the way. Dan, I don't know if you liked it. I liked the way it looked. I thought it was really cool. I, I kept trying to figure out how to describe it, and I was hoping you would help me. It has very thick line art, mm -hmm. and it almost looks like someone put paint on top of it. And I don't mean like digital, like fill. Like it looks like it was genuinely painted. The colors are a little more like gritty and mixed and like they're put on there in a more solid way is the yeah. best way I can describe it. I think uh, it really looks sense. like it popped straight out of the manhwa and like oh, someone had painted cool. this and it popped out looking like that. Um, so Dan, I don't know if there's a style, but uh, I don't know what I'd, I don't know if there's anything specific I'd call it, but if you look at it in compare, if you put a, uh, a frame of this and a frame from like Arte side by side, the difference is stark. Like, Arte is very light. Like, the line works extremely thin and yeah. fine. And they almost try to make the lines disappear into the colors, some which I kind of found obnoxious at some points because it made the it made the characters look a little floaty. But when you look at uh, Tower of God, yeah, everything is very bold, very stark, very bright, um, very saturated without going into, like, a fully stylistic... Uh, uh, into, like, a fully stylized... Uh, aesthetic so it's it's eye-catching i'll give it that for sure yeah so i liked looking at it I, I did um so i guess i'll dan i'm gonna start going you just jump in where you feel the need to jump in so knock yourself out <laughs> all right here we go so imagine guys if, if someone told you a story and they just start in the middle okay and all they do is keep telling you more stuff in the story a as though you recognize all these terms even though you've never heard them before and b as though you are intimately familiar with the setting but you have been given no setting. That's really how I felt about about this show, and it, it's really to the detriment of of it. Um, so at first, this show to me felt like a puzzle. I really enjoyed following it. You really dropped in the middle, and then you're just trying to piece together things. And you know, great movies, books, shows—they've all done this, right? You just dumped in media res, and then you figure things out as the world goes. But that means the world has to drop you clues so you can backfill and put the the puzzle together. Um, this show didn't do that very well. Um, sometimes it worked. You know, I'll, I'll toss out like the princesses of Zahad or Jihad were my favorite example. Like you hear about this idea, it's just tossed at you. And then later on, like you get two characters who actually give you the premise of what, you know, the princesses of Zahad are. And I was like, great job, show. No more of this, please. Um, but instead, it, it doesn't do that well. There's character bloat for days. So you're just like given all of these people... And it, it's just a mess. Um, it tonally struggles at times. It's, it's got this blend of humor and then like dark stuff. And that was kind of off-putting for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, eventually, I got used to it. It was sort of like I knew which character was going to give you the comedy and then when it was going to switch back. But overall, I didn't like it very much. I think it just should have leaned into the dark stuff or at least been more natural about the comedy. Um you have to see it to understand it, but it's it's not very well done. 
the balance and is definitely off. Are we talk? Are we talking like uh, Ancient Magus's Bride, where it'll be all serious and suddenly we'll cut into chibi mode for five seconds and then? Go yeah, back? it's that uh, yes. kind of off-putting. Yes, Precis- and exactly like you said, yeah, that does that a lot. Yeah, so I guess Scott, just to disappoint you, Rachel is not the dinosaur, so there isn't like a hot dinosaur romance. I just want you to know no. that. So don't. I know you're really like looking forward to that when we looked at this show the first time, but. Yeah. Um, All of these characters being displayed on the cover with equal prominence, and it's just like, well, okay, that dude has to be the main character. Which one of these is Rachel? Because there's one that that might be a guy, it might be a girl, we can't tell for sure. That one we think is a girl, but she's in the back, so she might not be the uh, love interest. I'm hoping it's that giant, like, alligator dinosaur looking thing at the bottom. Oh, that's right. You know what, Dan, you were, I think, actually the one really hoping for hot dinosaur romance. So you did not get what you wanted. I'm sorry. Sadly, no. No, no hot dinosaur romance. Um,. So just, I guess, the last really big point I want to make, uh, I don't understand why anyone climbs the tower. And this is a big problem that the show has and never remedies through its 13-episode run. And at first, you're given this idea that, you know, when you give me a premise like Tower of God, right? First of all, I know it's like it's Scream Shonen, so I don't expect a ton of consistency, but in my head, I can already see the metaphor, right? You you are climbing this tower for a metaphorical reason to either grow as a person or, you know, what you seek at the top was secretly just the journey along the way, right? Something the like that. The real treasure was friendship. Was friendship. Along. Bingo. So I'm seeing that, you know, already, just, just kind of reading into it. But everyone climbs the tower for reasons that continuously don't make sense against anyone else like rachel climbs the tower because she thinks that at the top she's gonna see a sky full of stars because she's never seen them and only heard legends of them okay fine she wants to attain a real thing obviously yoru climbs the tower because he wants to be with her and you know her dream becomes his dream like, he's like, I'm really climbing the tower just to be with Rachel, but sure, we'll see the stars together, too. It'll be great. I'm a potato-coon. Um, <laughs> I have I'm words pota- about him when you're done. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for your pota- <laughs> like anger at his potato-iness. Um, anyway, then later on, like, other people are climbing the tower because they were in a dire situation somewhere out there in the setting. Don't ask me how this world works. Don't know. And head-on who is this like rabbit looking creature who is the kind of the the gatekeeper of the tower he comes to them when they're basically like in dire straits and they're saying to themselves like i want one more chance or i just want to you know i can't die this way and he comes to them magically and goes then climb the tower and be what you seek at the top and then he brings them to the tower and that's why they climb because they want you know one more chance to to redeem themselves or something and then other people like the princesses of jihad they've already attained intense power like the the gift that they've been given and also the curse they are you know much stronger than a normal person blah 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 like they have you know superhuman abilities why the hell are they climbing the tower like are they bored no. I get no maybe I I don't know like why are you guys climbing the tower and that doesn't make any sense like how does anyone normal get to the tower and cl- why do they climb it and the, the last part because the last episode 
I liked it a lot and then it pissed me off super bad. Like people who climb to the top of the tower already, like who have made it all the way to the top, it is a set number of floors, are called rankers. Like they get you get points as you go up through the tower, which make oh, no sense. Point with the points. Yeah, it's it's like whose line is it anyway? The rules are who's made up and the points don't matter. That right. was my that was my one <laughs> takeaway from this entire thing. Yes. Because they could just yes. decide the, the, the tower administrators can basically just decide who wins and loses uh, at a whim. So Absolutely. Absolutely. The points make zero sense whatsoever. They're they're dumb. And the tests were originally interesting, and then we hit one test in particular that I remember just sitting at the screen. It takes up, like, practically the rest of the show. And I was like, I looked at my husband, and I was like, babe, I literally don't know what's going on anymore. Like, I don't know how this game works. I don't know how the points work. People just start saying things like, I could throw the game because I have enough points to ascend to the next level. And I'm like, when did the points matter? You had to pass the test to go to the next. You know what? I don't care. It's fine. I, I just I can't even. Um, but that's really kind of... It, it just doesn't make any sense. And I don't get why anyone climbs. Oh, yeah. So I, I lost my train of thought here. So at the end, two of the administrators, people who are already rankers and can use this magic water ability called Senshu that they gain from being rankers, go... We're going to climb the tower and figure out what nonsense is going on. Because, like, the administrators have coups that are going on in the background with against each other. And I was like, you people already climbed the tower. Why the hell would you have to climb it again? Just take the magic, like, winner's elevator or whatever. Like, why, why do you have to climb again? How does that even make sense? So, hot damn. Like, this show... I don't even know. Dan, I have a very unpopular opinion, which I'd like to give at the end. So I want to okay. give you some space. To, That's fine. I mean, I go. agree with pretty much all of the points you've made so far. The systems and the world of this whole contest make no sense. We have no idea where like, the space outside of this world is relative to the tower itself. Because the, to the tower is apparently some kind of extra-dimensional thing, but can be reached from the outside if you like happen across a door. Uh, why these different people are here doesn't make any sense. Why some of them look like they, you know, stepped off the street uh, in modern, you know, in the modern day, whereas others look like they stepped in from, you know, your typical JRPG or fantasy novel. And there's zero consistency in world or character design. Uh, it's just it's just this weird mishmash of ideas. But the biggest problem to me is that I could tolerate so much of this. Some of the randomness, I could tolerate the, the weird character shifts and all of that. If, like, there was someone I could follow, someone I could be interested in. But that character is definitely not uh, Yoru or Bam or whatever the translators decide to call him. Because he is the most passive protagonist I think I have ever seen. Other, outside of opening the door to the tower because he was trying to follow Rachel in the beginning, he does nothing proactive throughout the rest of it. Everything else he does is reactionary. He follows after Rachel. He, he stumbles his way through the first uh, several tests, basically carried on the weight of more competent people. And when he finally does something, it's literally when he's unconscious. When like his oh, when his grand power is revealed, he is he is like completely out at the time, 
and then afterwards is like him recovering like he confronts someone at one point but it doesn't end up doing anything and it just gets another character killed and uh like until the very end he just follows along bumbling his way through everything being generically friendly and sappy about a lot of stuff but too, but too oblivious to be part of all of the machinations going on. He is not clever. He is not strong. He is not. He doesn't truly unite people. It's it's kind of like the same thing with Katarina in uh, My Life as a Villain. It's just like he is so dumb. We need to protect him from everything else. That's basically the agreement yeah, that all the other characters who, come to. Right. Everyone who meets him, like he looks like a stray puppy. And he's drawn that, like, with his big eyes and just like, let's be friends. Let's not betray each other. And you're like, hot damn. You are a puppy potato. Yeah, but he's not even, like, endearing enough in that way. Like, Katarina is, is endearingly dim. And, like, she actively makes the effort to try and be friends with people. She's trying to head off her own doom from the beginning. She's motivated. He has none of that. His only motivation is Rachel. It stays that same way throughout the entire thing. And... The question I that keeps coming back is, why? Like, what about this girl makes you so dedicated? Is it because she's the only human being you ever met since you lived in a cave for the rest of your life? <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. He's like a simple-minded puppy. She found him and took care of him, at least from what we understand in his backstory. Like, yeah. his version of it. Like, she took care of him, taught him... You know, how to speak, how to be a person, basically. And All in the course of, like, a week, as far as we can tell. Yeah, I, Dan, if setting doesn't make sense, that includes time. Time makes zero sense in this world. Ugh. Oh, man. Also, I'm so glad you brought up the, like, inconsistencies with characters. Like, the just, yeah, the JRPG characters versus, like, the, you know, uh, someone pulled them out of D&D versus some of them just look normal. I think my favorite moment of this is one character who, who looks you know, normal for the most part, leaves and she walks out with a rolly bag. <laughs> and right. I was like, where the devil did you get that? You came from like a world of steampunk airships where you were like, where your your main ability, your main qualification for getting through the tower was, I can kind of fight with a knife. That was right. it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, you're a thief. You're a thief in a steampunk setting. Why are you using a modern like airline travel bag? Right. Like, what are you, what are you joking me? Um. Anywho. So yeah. Yep. Dan. Actually, it's it's great that you. I don't know if you were done. I don't want. No, to that's off, that's yeah. about it. Okay. Wait, wait, Dan. Dan, I've got a question. Yeah. All these people are doing different things to climb the towers. Anyone going after the Rinkernator? <laughs> Dan is important to me. Oh no. Scott, we haven't hit the Rinkernator tower. Like, no, we're not even there. there. We're still in. We're, the, not even we're still there. in like the. We're still below the. Uh, below that terrible layer, the, the sh the shattered ceiling or whatever the heck they called it. Oh, the blast line. The blast line. That's the one. Oh, oh good. All right, please carry on. Artanel okay. reference for any of you <laughs> lucky souls who have not had to encounter that yet. The Rinkernator. Uh, anyway, Sue, you were saying. I was saying that was a great place to leave off, actually, Dan, because my super unpopular opinion is... Now, I've never read the manhwa for everyone's about to screaming. Due to Yoru being such a terrible character, I really liked Rachel. <laughs> I, I actually thought she was the most complex, especially at the end, her, the, this act she does at the end. You know, she's conflicted. She's a very internally ugly human being. And that, to me, made her very human. 
You know, I think Dan said it best. Bam is soft and potato-y and he does nothing. And everyone just looks at him and goes, cute Poochie, or is, um, you know, Andorosi, who's like, you're kind of hot. I'm going to back you because you're kind of hot. Like, okay, sure, why not? And he's a nice guy. So, you know, back him. There's, you know, with, with Rachel, I think given how just soft and fluffy and devoted to her Yoru is, I think there's this expectation we have as, as viewers where we're like, well, you should love him because he loves you. And actually, Andorosi confronts Rachel at one point and she's like, why are you even climbing the tower? Like, you have someone who loves you, who's devoted to you. That's so incredibly romantic. Like, you have something I can never have. And just just go home. And, you know, what are you doing here? I hope whatever you're, you know, whatever you seek at the top of the tower is more important than him. And Rachel gets furious at this. She's like, who do you think you are? Like, to tell me what I should value and what I should care about. And, you know, just because he's like that to her doesn't mean it has to be reciprocated, right? Like she doesn't have to love him. And instead at one point she sort of lets it out. Like she finds him incredibly obnoxious. She's hmm. like, yes, I took you in, I took care of you, but then I expected you to go away. I didn't expect you to follow me everywhere and you know some of her lines at, at the end just just a little bit spoilery but she's like i you are the only person who looks at me as special and if you keep following me you who who is special you know you who shines like a star i can never shine because i will always be outshined by you right like so i can't hmm. keep you around because I can never attain that which I seek, which is this ugly desire to be the best or, or you know, something like that, that that she's seeking. I won't give too much away, but there's there's this sense of like she wants so much out of life that Bam gets, Yoru gets so naturally. And so she she has to keep him at this arm's length because she doesn't she doesn't love him that way and she doesn't want to be overshadowed she doesn't want to be just another member of like the i love yoru club because he's so great like she wants something for herself and that's this really bold writing for your female protagonist you know what i mean it, it was it was pretty cool um hmm. so i'm i'm really into her character so far uh, i hear the fan base of the manhwa has a seething rage towards this character and i'm curious if it's just because there's an expectation that she should love him because he's a potato and that's just the way it should be. So I'm, I'm terribly curious. Um, so Dan, I'm, I'm excited for your opinion. This is gonna, my opinion's gonna be a hypocrite. I will watch more of this because I'm just too curious about some of the mystery. <sighs> and I think Rachel's really interesting to me and I want to watch more machinations with these people. I do not recommend this show. No. Um, I, I think it's, it's very messy, and it really is kind of like when we watched watched Azoken, where 
uh, Asakusa just couldn't put her story together. Like, why are we fighting the aliens? And she's like, oh, shoot, I haven't figured that out. Like, you're going to be doing that the whole show. <laughs> what if okay? they never figured it out? <laughs> what if they never figured it out and just let it out, baby? So that's that's it. So there's my hypocrite opinion. I'm going to watch more. I do not recommend people watch this show. Yeah. At least as it is now with these 13. This was this was not not good. It was not a good introduction for sure, and I cannot see any way that this like this is made as a as a way to sort of synchronize with the with the comic with the webtoon and to get people to you know people who like the webtoon watch the show people who watch the show hey maybe I want to read more of the webtoon that that's the point of this it's a multimedia thing but this show does not do a good job of making me want to know anything more about this world I'm I'm kind of checked out like maybe. I'd watch it out of morbid curiosity or just to follow along to sort of get to it to get to the end because I've already made this much of a commitment, but it's more or less Stockholm syndrome at this point. I don't I also do not recommend it. So basically your recommendation is save yourselves yeah, pretty I'm already much. in too deep. Yeah, if if you if you want to experience this, check out the webtoon instead, because I guarantee you that there's gotta be something in that that people are enjoying more than in this show. But yeah, yeah, that basically that's basically what it boils down to. It's it's inconsistent, it's obnoxious, it just does not come together in any meaningful way and I just don't see I don't see a conclusion to this that makes it worth the slog. Totally makes hmm. sense. But that's Tower of God, kids. Uh Scott, right. do you want to do you want to play us off? I will. Uh this season and for those who watched our or listened to our like introductory, what are we going to pick this season thing? It'll be particularly funny. Princess Connect Redive. Oh my goodness, the title which, alone is still like, ah. Uh. Which, as you may recall, had a description that read something like, uh, like a person has amnesia and meets girls. Period. Like that was, that was the entire plot. It looked so dumb. It looked so dumb. Uh, but I checked it out on the off chance that it would make good panel material, and by God, you know what? It's those Psy Games guys again, of Rage of Bahamut Manaria Friends fame. And uh, that means it is absurdly good-looking. Really? Like, I don't know how much money you make off of making mobile games, but it's gotta be all the money. Because the show looks really good, top-notch quality animation. And despite that, uh, or not despite, but like in addition to that, it actually is funny to watch. Like I enjoyed watching it. It's stupid, but fun. Uh, like the main character, who's like basically the only guy who's a character, you just say to yourself, oh, totally, right? Like insert, the, he's the insert character for the male watchers. No, he's like a non-entity. He has amnesia so hard, he forgot how to read, write, or speak. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's also completely worthless at fighting. So it's basically like the show is not about him at all, and he's like a non-entity. Uh, but the other characters are a lot of fun, and the like irrepressibly optimistic Pecorine, who feels a lot like the other high-energy characters that Psy Games has in their shows. Uh, she's a lot of fun. In terms of its overall setting, it's like low-stakes fantasy adventure with a focus on food and cooking. Like they make a guild, and their objective is to eat food and make good food. You are uh, saying nice. too many nice things about this show. I'm going to get you. I liked you. this show. I'm going to get you. I'm going to pull your voice clip from our live chart discussion. You're going <laughs> to remember how dumb you thought this show was. Uh, We're going to have all our viewers said, remember. 
It's true. Do you remember the part where I said a guy has amnesia and meets girls? Yes. Like, that, I was also, the, that was the lead in. Your only saving <laughs> grace is that I remember you admitted to me that you are isekai trash. And I you am are now trash. trash, Scott. Actually, fun fact. He gets isekai'd from his own world. Like he reincarnates into his own world. So it's almost not isekai. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, it also has a really relaxing ending theme. Totally recommend it. Just great. Uh, let's see. Do I have any cons? Um, it occasionally feels like what it is, which is an ad for a mobile game. So, like, there's a bunch of characters that'll get, like, one time on screen moment and then never be seen again. And they're definitely this just there to be like, hey, guys who played the game, remember these characters? They exist. All right, bye. How many people use, like, time-saving, uh, <laughs> time-saving pay-to-win mechanics? Nobody uses time-saving pay-to-win mechanics. Uh, yeah, like, there, there isn't really anything that feels like it's a game in the, in the universe. It's just, like, you know, three or four characters that all have names and, like, really elaborate costume designs will show up and then say something and then leave forever. And you're like, oh, all right, they must be characters from, like, the game that are here for, a, for like, a cameo. Uh, but whatever, I, I am enjoying it. It actually technically isn't done yet as of this recording. Like, there's one more episode. Uh, but I liked it, in spite of all the things I said about it. Wow. Glad I'm something turned you. around, then. Yeah, right? Uh, do I recommend it? Probably not to either of you. But, uh, <laughs> like, if you, if you are isekai trash, yeah, go ahead and watch it. It's good. Hey, everyone. Sue here. If you thought I was going to threaten to rag on Scott and then not actually do it, oh man, you were totally wrong. I went back and found that sound clip, and I'm going to add it here in post-production. Let's remind ourselves of Scott's ridicule of this ridiculous Princess Connect show. We are checking every box here for most generic fantasy anime. We did it, everyone. There's nothing left to do. There's a lot of really delicious-looking food. Like, they're in some sort of quasi-fantasy those... thing, I think. You know, every one of those girls' heads looks too large for her body. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but every time I look at the picture, like, I'm unsettled by both the girls in the foreground. <laughs> Something, something's bad is happening. That's part of the unsettling mystery, Scott. Oh, that's, that's what the mystery is. Why is everyone a bobblehead? Why All right. is your head exactly so big? That's... that's right, Scott. You're a bobblehead-loving trash panda. All right, I've had my fun. Back to the podcast. Now I'm just picturing that uh, image of a that image of a possum. Don't touch my garbage. <laughs> That's adorable. We all have our garbage. It's true. It's true. That's true. This is this is my garbage. <laughs> Good times. Well, well I'm mean, glad it turned out well. All things considered, I mean, despite our complaints about like listeners and uh, Tower of God, this was actually one of our. Uh, better seasons on balance. Yeah, also, like, damn, we had a lot to say about not that much stuff. It's true, uh, which is probably going to be in marked contrast to next season. We're looking ahead. I am going to watch maybe one show Same and here. nothing else. It's Same. kind of so, a wasteland. And, 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 I mean, unfortunately, yeah. a part of that is certainly due to the pandemic. So, oh, you definitely. Know, that's... Yeah, we wish we wish the best for all of Japan yeah. and, and the animators. Oh, don't strain yourself. Yeah, no, definitely. Do not strain yourself because us Americans over here are sad about having not enough anime. Yeah, Please get like, better. D yeah. Well, uh, hopefully we'll have 
something maybe to talk about next season, but uh, we'll at the very least have a chance to catch up on other shows we might not have made it through the first time around. Um, so we'll figure out exactly what we uh, want to discuss then, but for now we're going to leave you all with uh, that review and hopefully a chance to check out some new shows that you might enjoy. So thank you all for following along with us and we hope to see you next time.